You're listening to the Sportsman's Nation Podcast Network brought to you by Federal Premium Ammunition and their new centerfire rifle ammunition terminal ascent. Now, the terminal ascent has a slipstream polymer tip that helps flatten trajectories and initiates low-velocity expansion at longer ranges. The terminal ascent gives you match-grade long-range accuracy in a bonded hunting bullet, and it comes in a variety of cartridges, including the 6.5 Creedmoor, the 280 Ackley Improved, the 28 Nosler, the 7mm Remington Mag 30-06, and the 300 Win Mag. If you want to find more information about the Terminal Ascent, visit federalpremium.com. And while you're there, check out It's Federal Season, the official podcast of Federal Ammunition. This is the Average Conservationist Podcast, brought to you in partner with 2% for Conservation. 2% for Conservation's mission is to create an alliance of businesses and individuals that ensure the future of hunting and angling by committing their time and dollars to fish and wildlife. 1% of time plus 1% of money equals 2% for conservation. 2% helps businesses and people pair with conservation causes to support things that fit what they care about. Whether you're into fishing, hunting, or just getting outdoors, 2% can help you not only start giving back to wildlife, but get certified for it. Getting 2% certified means you've made the same commitment as popular brands like Sitka, First Light, Stone Glacier, and Seek Outside in giving at least 1% of your time and money back to wildlife. But it's not just for outdoor companies. Breweries, contractors, coffee roasters, and even piano repair companies have earned 2% certification and stand out as leaders in their communities. Businesses that are committed to conservation deserve your business when you shop. Learn more about 2% for conservation at fishandwildlife.org. That's fishandwildlife.org. All right. Welcome back, everyone, to another edition of the Average Conservationist Podcast. I'm your host, Marcus Ewing, and this is episode number 12. Uh, this week on the podcast, I am joined by Sean Durkee. Uh, Sean is the owner of 2% certified company Alpenfuel. Um, him and his wife started the company um, a few years ago. And what it is, is it is <clears throat> a website where you can really find anything that you're going to need from a food standpoint for your backcountry uh, trips, whether it's hunting, um, just backpacking, getting out into nature. Um, They've got all sorts of great products that they offer, um, again, from coffee, um, breakfast meals, dinner meals, um, really whatever kind of tickles your fancy in terms of of food and meal options. Um, Elpin Fuel offers that. Sean and his wife had started the company as just a, a small endeavor and, and hope to kind of grow things over time. Um, unfortunately, with the, the state of everything right now, um, Sean had, was let go from his job uh, about a month ago and kind of forced their hand a little bit to grow the company maybe a little bit faster than they had anticipated or were ready for. Um, but I think it's going to lead to some really great stuff. Um, Sean was telling me about uh, some of their own product lines that they're looking to come out with, um, some breakfast uh, items, and then some coffee as well. Uh, I've actually had a chance to try some of the uh, breakfast granola, and it is outstanding. It is a very, very high-quality, very caloric, dense product that would be great uh, if you're in the backcountry and need some fuel to start your day. Um, I'm not a big breakfast guy, admittedly, but, I mean, this was, was very good. Just add four or five ounces of water, stir it up, and you're good to go. So it's, um, it's something that I'm really uh, excited about to, to see kind of hit the market and be available to the public so everyone else can enjoy it too. Uh, I think it's something that uh, is going to do really well. Um, so definitely be sure to check out Alpenfuel. Um, but before we get into today's episode, I want to remind everyone that this Saturday, August 27th, August 22nd is Community Conservation Day, and 2% for Conservation is asking that our listeners, no matter where you live, to give back um, your time and dollars to wildlife on that day, and then post about the groups or the conservation work that you're supporting. Uh, You can buy a membership to your favorite group for a friend, head out with a trash bag to clean up a wildlife area, partner with a local conservation cause that day. 
And while you're giving your time and dollars back to conservation, remember to use the hashtag conservation day. So that way 2% can share it on their various social medias so that other people can see uh, the great work that you're doing out there for conservation. So let's all get out there and help wildlife in our home areas on Community Conservation Day, which is this Saturday, August 22nd. All right, joining me on the phone today, I have the owner of 2% Certified Business Alpenfuel, Sean Durkee. Sean, how's it going today? Great, how are you doing this morning? I'm doing well, thanks. So before we kind of get into things here, I have to know, who is in charge of your social media account? Because you guys put out some posts that I'm, I'm not kidding, have literally had me laughing out loud while I'm scrolling <laughs> through my, um, my, my feed there. Oh, the Twitter posts that we've done. Yeah. So that, that was me. My wife and I do a hundred percent of everything. So, uh, yeah, those were, I was just trying out some concepts. I'd seen other people do something similar. So it's, I was trying to apply, some of that humor to the backpacking world. So I'm, I'm glad you found them funny. Yeah. So, um, being a, a 2% certified company, obviously it's, it's kind of a, a small community of companies and obviously it's growing and everything, but it was one of our uh, previous guests on the, on the podcast. He's a, he's a committee member with 2% and he had, I think maybe reposted one of, um, one of your posts on Instagram and that was kind of where I first stumbled upon Alpen Fuel and then your guys' <laughs> social media. And, and again, I think it was, I'm not sure which one it was, but the one that uh, really has me, it, it kind of makes me chuckle every time, is the one talking about backing the trailer uh, into the spot without using your mirror so you can flex on all the other camping dads <laughs> in the <laughs> campground. Yeah, we just wanted a different approach. It seems like a lot of people are posting the same scenery pictures with the same quotes you know below them so i just wanted to try something different so that's an approach we've taken no i think it's great and, and it it definitely lightens the mood especially in times like this to have to have something funny and and witty on there i think is i mean that that's right up my alley in terms of humor so well done to, to you yeah. and your wife on that one <laughs> thank you so for those uh listeners who might not be familiar with Alpen fuel tell us a little bit about what it is uh, thanks for asking. Uh, so in 2018, my wife and I decided that we would try to start a small business. And so I, at the time, I was a full-time uh, engineer, production planner, working for an optics manufacturing company. And so we wanted to get into something outdoor-related, and and that was that was our start. So we began the business. We actually had a subscrip subscription box program initially, along with our store. <clears throat> and the subscription box program really didn't take off. And so we diverted all of our energy into stocking our store. So we carry around 20 brands, small brands that you can't find everywhere. So companies like Heather's Choice and Peak Refuel, Dark Timber Coffee, things like that. So just really good, nutritious brands, small companies. A lot of them are giving back to conservation as well. And our point, our, our goal there was to put everything in one place so you didn't have to shop from all these companies online and pay shipping from everybody you can just get it in one place and so that's the approach that we took and uh, we like I said we started in 2018 and then we had a little turn this year so we were trying to grow the business a little bit on the side while I was working full-time uh, my wife is a, Emily she's a stay-at-home mom taking care of the two kids and so uh, we grew it a little bit here and there when we had time and money and then uh, the turn, I guess, that affected me and many others, um, I was laid off from my my role, my engineering role here in a, a month ago, actually. So uh, that was a big change, obviously, for us, since um, I was the, the, the sole job and breadwinner for the family. So we're actually looking at growing our business right now. I've been working on it full time the last month. And so just a heads up, I guess, for folks, we're going to be doing our own branded products here this fall so that's the push we're doing right now we're coming out with some breakfast granolas that are really high octane high calorie products so we're field testing those right now this summer and then later this fall we'll be trying to launch those along with some coffee products so we're we're going all in on it and and uh really making a push for it this this coming year well that's awesome i mean especially i mean it's not awesome how you kind of ended up in in this position per se with having to 
you know, try to, to grow it maybe a little bit faster than you were anticipating, but you know, taking that, that leap is, is gotta be, you know, nerve wracking and exciting all at the same time. Yeah. It's a tremendous range of emotions. When I got laid off, I, I'd been in the position for nine years and it was a good steady job. And then of course the economy tanked and people weren't buying optical components anymore. And so I was one of the ones that got let go and it was panic at the beginning. And then when I walked out the door that day, I had a smile on my face because I knew this, I could devote all my time to this. That was the dream anyways. So it just happened a little sooner than we anticipated. Yeah. It's, it's funny how kind of, uh, big moments like that offer kind of a, a new sense of perspective, right? I mean, so my company, The Average Conservationist, I mean, it was started almost in the same type of way where, now granted, I wasn't let go during, um, you know, the pandemic and everything, but I was let go from my job that I had previously. And I had always wanted to kind of start something on my own. And it kind of gave me the the push to to go ahead with it. And I mean, working for yourself and, and doing something that you love, I mean, it might not be the, the money maker that my previous job was, but I'm a heck of a lot more happy and I'm a whole lot less stressed than, uh, than I was with my previous job. So I can, I can totally understand the position that you and your family are in. Yeah, thanks. I, it's, it's exactly like you stated. It's, we're excited to go, go all in on it. And it's, it just, there's so many things that take time, like talking to commissary kitchens and yesterday i was in a eight hour food safe class just getting certified so that we can actually manufacture food and all that takes a tremendous amount of effort and time so having that time now is is pretty liberating now with alpen fuel what i know you said you focus on you know uh, like backcountry meals and um snacks and and coffee and things like that what was it that made you want to focus on that aspect of whether it's backpacking or backcountry hunting, I mean, what what was kind of the the driving force behind that? That's a good question. I think for me, the it seemed like there were so many gear companies out there that had all of the gear, uh, things like that. They that niche seemed to be pretty well saturated, and in the food on the food side, it's pretty exciting. In the last five years, there's been so many new companies that are coming out everywhere really everybody's jumping in and and saying that uh, we're not satisfied with the food that's that's been available for the last 40 years and Mm -hmm. and we can do better so we wanted to get in on that and there wasn't really a store that was wholly dedicated to the food side of it there's a lot of meal planning resources that we've been working on and just helping people with the knowledge there to be successful with their food planning and really get good products out there so that they can perform and do whatever they want to do and do it successfully. Yeah. Now you, you mentioned the meal planning, um, aspect of it. Now I noticed on your website that that's actually something, um, that you have where it's almost like a, like a meal plan builder. Can you explain a little bit about that? Sure. Uh, I have a friend, <clears throat> he's a backcountry hunter, really avid guy. And he had a phone conversation with me one day and it was one of those, wouldn't it be cool if type conversations and so he was he was thinking well you've got all these products in your store and uh it can be a little confusing i guess to try and put everything in your cart and do i have everything do i not and so how many calories do i have in there that type of a thing so i talked with him and we uh, just talked through what might be an ideal food planning resource it's just a we originally wanted to do a drag drop type of a thing but that was too difficult programmatically so uh it, it meal planner you can build it for one day you can build it for 20 days and it gives you slots for breakfast lunch dinner snacks and drinks and so you can pick through our store you can filter by the most calorically dense products you can filter by things that are dairy free you can really tailor it to your own diet and your own needs and so you build out your meal plan day by day and it keeps track of the daily and the trip totals for calories and protein, carbs, fat, all of those things. So it's more of an analytical approach to prepping all your meals and having all the data right in front of you so you don't have to go through all the products and look at the nutrition labels and everything. You can take care of it. Yeah, it, it seemed like a, a pretty cons, uh, comprehensive tool um, to be able to 
yeah, again, you know, break down your your day by day in terms of what you're going to need to um, basically to stay fueled while you're in the backcountry, whether it's hunting, whether it's just backpacking or, or whatever it is. I mean, that's that's the first that I've really seen um, like that uh, first 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 tool I've seen like that, and I think that that's something that um, for anyone who is you know, thinking about getting into backpack hunting or just, you know, taking, you know, a three or four day backpacking trip into the mountains. I mean, this is a, a tool that can be extremely, extremely useful and, and really take out a lot of the guesswork for you. I mean, it's just kind of point and click and, and know, you know, based on your own personal diet, what you need and you can just kind of, you know, add, add as necessary. Yeah, it's definitely a more efficient way to shop through the store, even uh, if you don't have a trip, maybe you're just trying to put together food for three separate trips and you just want to get it all in one whack. You can, it just enables you to shop more intelligently and figure out, figure out what you want. It, the one, one point I wanted to make is that if you are new to backpacking or backcountry hunting, maybe you think food is food, but if you can pack more calories into a smaller package, you'll save weight everything will be more compact just for an example if you took stuff that was on average say 120 calories per ounce which is good but not as good as as it could be um if you instead took stuff that was more like 150 or 160 calories per ounce like more nut butters uh, more foods with more fat that type of a thing you could save several pounds off of your pack weight over a, a seven to ten day trip so it's it's not an inconsequential thing like maximizing that is is very helpful and it'll provide you with a lot more energy through the day now is there like a like a target range like calories per ounce that people should be kind of shooting for because i mean i'm here in michigan so backcountry hunting or backpack hunting or just really backpacking is not something that that i get into much at all so what i mean what does that look like for you know an, an avid you know backpack hunter or backpacker that's a great question i think if you're taking between three and four thousand calories that's a good start most people pack between one and a half pounds of food a day and two pounds per day just as a those are some general rules of thumb but <clears throat> i think that's a good starting point there's a wide range of foods if you're taking uh, things with a lot of, say, vegetables, carrots, celery, like dried um, vegetables in them, those are not calorically dense at all. So that's not really helping you any. But it, it, it's important to take a wide range of things, I guess, just to make sure your your body has all of the, the nutrients it needs. But if you're looking at maximizing calories, then, again, things like nut butters, those are around, I don't know, 200 calories an ounce as opposed to maybe a meal that's in the 110 to 120 range but i guess general rules of thumb try and take stuff that's 125 calories per ounce or greater and uh fat really if you bring things that are high in carbs high in fat those will be really helpful for you and uh that's a good starting point now is your background in like just backpacking or, or backcountry hunting or, or what um i guess kind of fueled the the whole direction of alpen fuel uh, it's a gr great question. So my, I grew up in Montana. I'm a fifth generation Montanan and I went to school in Bozeman. I worked in Seattle for a couple of years and then came back. So I've been hunting and fishing in Montana my entire life. I don't really know any better, I guess. I'm kind of a stereotypical Montana guy. I <laughs> started backpacking in high school. Back then we took T-bone steaks for the first night, frozen, like, uh, we took lawn chairs with us we made hush puppies like we were going at it in a totally different way and then over time I guess I learned how to be a little more efficient with the backpacking and and cut down on weight and and uh, go farther into the wilderness those types of things so uh, my I guess my professional background is more in the engineering field and specifically in manufacturing so we're always looking at ways to optimize cut costs and and uh it's just applying some of those principles and thoughts i guess to to the food trying to do more with less and and uh just for two reasons one so that you can enjoy it more and and two just so you can have have more energy and performance i think food people tend to just throw things together and go but when you're out in the backcountry and you're on day five and it's rainy and windy and just 
overall crappy out it food can really lift and boost you so having food is is one of the luxuries that you can enjoy back there so you might as well take good stuff with you yeah and it's interesting you said you know your your background um you know you're an you're an engineer by trade to i can see like going through the website and then even just you know with talking for a few minutes here the the analytical approach that you you take to not only the website but you know the foods that you carry and just being more efficient um in general like on the like as a whole because so in in my previous career i worked for uh for an engineering company. Um, and we now granted in Michigan here, it was, uh, you know, we were working in the automotive space, but we would build and design, build and automate, um, assembly lines and specialty test equipment for the automotive industry. So efficiency and figuring out ways to, to do things better, uh, with essentially less, uh, energy, you know, output and getting less output, more throughput, essentially. Um, yeah, I can totally see, um, that side of, of your personality and, and your background coming through with, with what you guys have so far. Yeah. And, uh, that's interesting that you've worked in some of those, um, similar areas. It's, it's definitely using that approach and thought process for sure. And then we're applying that to the products that we're developing right now. So most of the breakfast items out there are in the 400 to say 550 calories. And so the ones that we are trying to make are more in the six to seven hundred calorie range so they'll be at at the highest range of some of the meals that are out there for breakfast but then they'll only be four to five ounces they're the same size it's just more 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 in there and that's just a choice of of ingredients and and how we make the products now as far as the products that you guys are carrying on your on your website there how did you kind of decide or how do you choose which companies that you guys uh, you know want to sell through through your site that's a good question so in the beginning when we did our subscription box that like I mentioned that we didn't have uh, the Instagram following we didn't have the newsletter following so that really uh, I guess you could say it failed as a as an opportunity there but where it really shown was we got all of these products to test and so a lot of companies would reach out to me and say can I send you products for your subscription box just to try sure so we've tried everything that's in our store and what's in there is things that we liked things that other people like and companies that we found that were really easy to work with so uh, that box program helped I guess fuel in the store right? that that helped set the brand lines and, and the product decisions. So now you said you guys are working on developing not only um, some meals, but then some coffees as well. How is that going to, how are you going to kind of juggle that with, um, you know, brands that you guys are already selling? Just, is it just like another offering or, or how's that going to work for you? Initially uh, we will probably offer them alongside of our, our store offerings. And then if, if the the ones that we are selling demand more of our time then the store model might shift a little bit but originally we got set up to be a supplier of a kind of a complete go-to resource for people and we're not trying to get away from that right. um, but in the next few years if our own brand takes off and demands all of our time then i guess we'll have to make decisions at that point but for now we'll be offering uh, these alongside of our other products now, do you guys have a storefront or are you guys just all online? We're 100% online and we do a few regional events here and there when we have time. Okay. Um, so, I guess, what goes into, um, I guess, well, let me let me back up a little bit here. The, the brands that you have, I mean, what is it that makes them... I guess brands that you want to carry you, you touched on you guys had a chance to, to really sample them but I guess well what are some of your favorite ones that you guys are carrying right now uh, let's see so the the brand that we carry <clears throat> excuse me that we have the most success with that's my personal favorite is peak refuel so they're out of American Fork Utah most a lot of your listeners are probably familiar with them they have really high calorie good quality meals uh, freeze-dried meals and so the chicken pesto pasta is my favorite there it's over 900 calories but that aside once you mix it and smell it and uh, it's just it's a tremendously good meal so 
they're my favorite as far as meals go um as far as nut butters go a lot of people don't maybe use or understand what nut butters are it's pretty straightforward it's just like different variations of peanut butter it's using mm-hmm. uh maybe higher quality nuts that that are more calorically dense but there's one called trail butter and so they take chocolate like m&ms they basically take trail mix and and make it into a powder and then put it in a tube that you can just squeeze and eat as you go those are really really good i enjoy those and then we've got a few coffee brands that are good as well but uh let's see other brands that we look for or when we're looking at, at bringing brands on there's a few like dark timber coffee and sasquatch fuel that are giving back to conservation so that's obviously an important thing for us and and something we look for but we're looking for little brands that are uh trying to get after it that are good to work with some of the big brands won't give us the time of day because we're pretty small but the little brands you can get on the phone with them Uh, when you do giveaways with them you're working directly with the owners like myself so it's it's a pretty cool experience yeah and i like the fact that you said you you try to focus as much as you can on some of the other brands that are giving back to conservation. Um, I know you mentioned dark timber coffee. I mean, that's, I'm actually drinking a cup of, of dark timber right now and they have some pretty cool products, uh, as well, especially for, um, you know, coffee in the back country with some of their, I think their, their vapor packs, I think is what they are, um, that are a, a cool, um, item that you can use for, for brewing coffee first thing in the morning there when you're on the mountain. Yeah, definitely. Tony's got some good products there. And uh, we've—he was one of the first brands that we brought on, actually. Okay. Now, you, you just touched on it, and we—and I, I mentioned it there when we first started there. But uh, Alpen Fuel is a two percent certified business, so uh, means you give at least one percent of your time and dollars back to 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 conservation, back to wildlife. So, how did you learn about two percent, or, or what was it that made you guys decide to get certified as a company? So, I. I studied entrepreneurship in college and and my wife and I had always wanted to start a business and uh, one of the I guess mission founding principles that we wanted in that was to be able to give back I think a lot of outdoor companies they use like stock photos on their products it's a maybe a group of people in a big city sitting there that they don't they're not in touch with their customer base they don't do a lot of R&D and for them giving back is just something they do to I guess try and get more business really so Mm -hmm. we we wanted to try and do it the right way so in 2018 we got our business name and we got our our logo set up and we put our launch date for january 1st of 2019 and so in two months prior we i guess we got certified even before we'd made a sale that was it was important enough to me and my wife that we wanted that to be set up from the get-go and so we don't want to give just a lip service we really want to try and promote conservation like i said in the beginning i i've been a montanan my whole life and um, i've taken it for granted really we have a stream access law where you can wade on any stream in the state and no landowner can can tell tell you otherwise i've been able to hunt on public lands my entire life and it's I just thought that's the way it was, but even in other states and obviously in other countries, that's really not the case. And so preserving what we have here is, is paramount for us. Yeah, no, I, I completely agree. Um, and, and as far as giving back, what are some of the organizations that, uh, that Alpen Fuel is working with or, or giving back to or, or spending your time um, with? So last year we gave to BHA through um, some of their events they did a pub night we did some donations of products there those are local events last year for our giving our time back we helped the Beartooth Absaroka Beartooth Wilderness Foundation I did trail maintenance for two days and we did that in an unlimited sheep district area in the Beartooths and so while we were digging out trails we had over 15 sheep hunters that went by us on the trail and so most of them were pretty thankful for some of the work that we were doing there but that was eye-opening for me because I'd never volunteered my time before I'd pick up trash here and there when I was out in the woods but it 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 was a new experience for me to give dedicated time like that it was really really interesting there was people 
giving their time. One was a, a guy from Pennsylvania that worked on the railroad his entire life, and another was a kid from Kentucky who was out for the summer, and he was on his fourth um, trail project. So these were people that had no real ties to Montana. They weren't out hunting and fishing. They just wanted to spend time outdoors and give back. And so if, if people from Kentucky can find time to come up here to help improve our trails, like certainly I can do it. I live here and I use those myself. So that was interesting. This year, we're also giving back some to BHA, but uh, two weeks ago, I was fortunate enough to work with the uh, Rocky Mountain Goat Alliance to do a mountain goat survey. So that was a two-day event. Uh, we had a blog post about that on our website, and that was a really fun event. We saw 16 goats and trying to count all the goats in this uh, mountain region here in southwest Montana to help the biologists see if we can add add or take away tags in that district. Okay. Now, would you say that there was kind of like a, a turning point in your outdoor life where giving back, I mean, pri- even if it was prior to the business or I guess maybe when you started the business where you said, okay, you know, I've been kind of taking from the land, I've been enjoying it, you know, I, it's time for me to start, you know, giving back to it. Was there kind of a, a turning point or was it just with the business or, or how did that all, I mean, what, what did that process look like for you? The business, like we, we wanted it more, like I said, not to be a, a lip service. And so being a 2% company it was helpful for me in, in getting my mindset right and and getting me it gave me I guess the the opportunity to get out and, and help that opportunity was always there but it, it made it more real for me but I've I've helped some in the past I guess in college I, I was a, a technician for a fisheries biologist one of my friends and uh, so we got to do conservation projects back then as a part of my work I guess we did some stream rehabilitation. We dropped big logs <clears throat> into streams to help uh, create grayling spawning habitat. I did counts of spawning beds for cutthroats, and uh, we did lots of fish restoration projects there. So that was my first, I guess, real exposure to it was through the Forest Service and thought, hey, that's that's pretty cool. And then I guess that helped provide some of my the impetus for me to, to be a 2% company. I'd seen some of it, people that were paid to get out there and do it like the, the fish and wildlife services and, and uh, the state and federal groups. So just trying to, to get out there and do our part uh, without them. Feel. Yeah. And that's, that's the thing about, um, you know, giving back, especially your time. I mean, they're between time and money. And, and I talked to Jared Frazier about this uh, in our very first episode on, on what, you know, what was more important, right? If, if you had to choose one time or money, and he made a really good point that where he said that, you know, it all depends on the situation. Every situation calls for, for something a little bit different. You know, maybe it's a, a restoration project where, you know, boots on the ground and, and you know, as many sets of hands uh, as possible is something that's important. Or you may have, um, you know, uh, some type of um, activity where it requires, you know, to go in on, uh, on horseback or, you know, to get in by a helicopter or something like that. So the, the funding and some of these larger companies can kind of, you know, foot the bill for, for, uh, allowing people to get back there and, and do the work. So the, the boots on the ground is, is something that I think more people, um, are starting to kind of open their eyes to, um, especially with the amount of opportunities that there are out there for, for people to get involved. I mean, I, you know, a lot of people can, can write a check and, and that's great, but I think, you know, getting your hands dirty gives you kind of a, a different sense of, of accomplishment when you're all, when it's all said and done. Yeah, I absolutely. The, the trail maintenance <clears throat> really highlighted that for me. So in that case, there was one, the Abzaroka Beartooth Wilderness Foundation had one employee helping, the Forest Service had one employee helping, and the rest of us were all volunteers. And so 70% probably or more of the trail maintenance done on Forest Service land is done by volunteers. That's just incredible. So if there's lots of little volunteer groups out there, I'd encourage anybody if they want to work for a day or two and uh, grab a Pulaski and dig some rocks out, clear some trail with saws that type of thing it's it's great great to get into areas where you wouldn't otherwise and meet people you wouldn't otherwise it's it's a, a great cause 
Well, yeah, and I think that that's uh, you. You just touched on one of the points there that that I think is, is great about volunteering your time is you get to meet people that you probably otherwise wouldn't get a chance to meet, and not only that, but they're they're also very like minded people, right? I mean, they're they're all out there for the same reason. So to be able to make new friends with people who you know, have the same interests, the same passions as you is, you know, it, it can be tough, especially as you get older in life and, and you get kind of set in your ways and, and the things that you like to do to, you know, to kind of make new friends or find people that are interested in the same things you are can, can be a bit, you know, more difficult. So. Yeah, absolutely. So now with the website, one of the things um, when I was going through it and <clears throat> we had actually exchanged a couple of emails about this last week was you guys have like some some gear recommendations and things like that on your website. How, you know, what encouraged you to, to put that on there? Because I think that's something that's that's super helpful for someone who may be, you know, new into to back, you know, backpacking or backcountry hunting. I mean, what what was the driving force behind that? There's a, a lot of things going on there, I guess. Uh, it started out with a couple fly fishing articles that I did for our blog. <clears throat> and then was thinking, well, maybe I should try and make these in a, a more of a list format, like a gear guide where I can help steer people where I've had experience. There's a lot of people looking for information out there. It's We're trying to do an article a week, I guess, some, some type of uh, either a gear review or uh, tips for the backcountry on meal planning, something like that. So we're trying to do one article per week to include with our newsletter. And it's, uh, I've seen a few other companies do do similar things on their website. I just thought that was a really clean way to present information for people if they're just looking for, for guidance in a certain direction. So. Well, yeah, I mean, I know that uh, in, in those <clears throat> emails that we had exchanged, I told you that I was um, coming out to uh, – my family and I are, are making a kind of a Western tour um, during the month of September – um, and I was looking for uh, an inexpensive five weight fly rod because, you know, here in Michigan, it's, you know, a lot of smaller streams, a lot of smaller flies. So, you know, I've got a four weight that I use, you know, almost exclusively around here. And I wanted something with a little bit more backbone, um, you know, when fishing out West and sure enough, right on your website there after, you know, I'd been looking at different rods and I mean, there's, you know, I mean, there's so many options out there, right. And, something that wasn't going to break the bank and sure enough like right on your website there was like boom here it is and i told you i'm like oh that's you know i I got i was looking on your website for you know five minutes and i already come across something that i can can put to use so i know if if i can find something that quickly i'm sure that there's plenty of people who can find um, stuff as well cool yeah i'm glad that that helped i i've been fly fishing since i was 15 so uh i guess 23 years now and I've tried a lot of things that haven't worked, and I, I try and keep it really simple if, for the backcountry and just carry a few rods that are really trustworthy. I don't change up a lot of that gear very often. I've been through that before, and I've settled on what works for me, and, and putting that onto, uh, I guess, paper for others is helpful, I hope. Now, as far as the um, like the newsletters and articles, are you guys doing those yourself uh, or doing them all yourself, or are you kind of reaching out to some like people in the industry that you know or friends that are you know real heavy into into the backcountry stuff to to write those or is that just all like i said from you guys that's a hundred percent from us right now we had a few folks who wanted to write some articles for us but uh for now we're just keeping all of that in-house and as we grow maybe we'll have more opportunities for folks to to write articles but that's that's uh, myself and my wife yeah yeah nice so now being a, a newer company here, I mean, do you guys from, let's say like a, a 30,000 foot view, I mean, do you guys have some, some goals that you want to share that are like, you know, maybe five year, 10 year goals for you guys? Ah, great question. <laughs> it's, it's a very broad last, question. Well, originally the, the goal was, let's see if we can try this as a side business and make a little bit of money at it. Then if it grows enough, maybe we can cut over to it full time. And then of course with the recession, the COVID situation we cut over to it full time <laughs> as we had to. So the goals have really changed and the timeline has changed. And so in the near term, uh, the breakfast lineup will have three flavors of our breakfast meal coming out in November, hopefully. And then the coffee will follow in December. 
and we are actually thinking of a few other products that we might be able to get online next year and so that would be uh, maybe a one-year goal would be to get those actually off the ground there's so many hoops you have to jump through just to get the labeling set up with the FDA it's incredible that the PDF document about how to label food is 132 pages long. Oh, it's wow. Insanity. So I've spent time reading through that as has our designer. So trying to get that off the ground is taking all of our time now. As far as long-term goals go, um, we're still working on that, to be honest with you. I, I don't uh, – it, it'd be wonderful if we could grow this to the point where it was – 100% of our income and maybe even employ a few other people to help create products to make products and manufacturing help me with uh, marketing and things like that those are things I don't have a background in and so it's just been trial by fire with all of that but to be long term I think if we could be a uh, five to ten person company similar maybe to Heather's Choice in Alaska of just a company that there's so many great companies out there like hers and others that are are really forging ahead and, and creating these little small niche brands that are really, really cool. So we, we would like to be one of those and, and grow to that level, I guess, in the next three to five years. It, it's a goal of mine to have our products in outdoor stores. I think it would be just remarkable if we could get an Alpen Fuel pouch of food and an REI or something of that caliber. That would be... Uh, it seems out of reach at this point, but that's definitely on our mind. Yeah, but I think it's you need to kind of even if you're you're not necessarily putting that goal on paper, you know, right now for three or five years down the road to to have something that you're kind of working towards, um, especially as a new company, is is super important because it's always, you know, you're probably going to have you know five or ten little milestones along the way to help you, you know, get to that that ultimate goal of of being in some of these you know big box brick and mortar type stores. Um, and I mean, it's, uh, it, it's gotta be super overwhelming going through the entire process because, you know, when you started, you were just, you know, you were offering goods, um, that, that people had kind of already put in the legwork to do all of the development with and, and go through like the whole process with the FDA and, and having everything manufactured and stuff like that. I mean, how, how daunting is that for, for you guys to, to go through that entire process? I uh, just, I have a new respect when I walk through the grocery store and I even see a nutrition <laughs> label on there. The, <laughs> the amount of formatting that has to go into that, uh, I mean, all your ingredients have to be listed in a certain way. There's things you can't put on the front of the package. It's, it's exceptionally daunting. So that tremendous respect for everybody that's been through that. So I know it's possible because others have done it, but uh, like I said yesterday, I was going through the the, the food course, and um, we've got to get our labels generated so that we can even be a company on paper with the city and the county from a manufacturing standpoint. So it's a it's a long process, I guess. More to the point, it's it's a several month process. And so from the time we said let's make a go of it with these products to the time we get them in front of people, it's going to be at least four months and. Many companies take one to two years to do all their product testing and get things out, and we're we're using, I guess, more of a simple product and uh, an accelerated timeline with some of the designers we picked. So we can do it in less than that, but it's it's a long process. It's it's consuming all of our time for sure. Yeah. Now, are you guys with with some of the 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 stuff that you guys are making? Are you making that right there, like at home, or do you guys have like manufacturers on the outside that you're um, kind of teaming up with to say, you know, here's what we're looking for. These are the ingredients. You know, what can you put together for us? We're doing both right now. With the granola, we've just made all the test batches in our kitchen, and we've we had 16 testers from uh, New Mexico all the way up to Alaska that are testing our products, and so um, we're eventually when we get to the point where we're manufacturing those, it will be my wife and I working in certified kitchens. I guess 10 miles away from out in Belgrade, but we'll be renting those kitchens and making the products and packaging them and then shipping them uh, at that point. So that's 100% on, on us to do that. With some of the coffee, we'll be doing more partnerships, I guess, and 
and uh, outsourcing a little bit more of that. But we'll be responsible for developing the products and taste testing and then uh, handing the recipes over more to the manufacturing team that's that's working with us on that. So it's a combination of both. Nice. Well, yeah, if you need anyone to uh, do any taste testing, uh, whether it's on the granola or the coffee, you be sure to let me know because I'm always uh, I'm always looking for the next best thing in terms of coffee or, or snacks or anything like that. So, Yeah, sounds good. Yeah. Now, have you guys noticed, um, you know, with the pandemic and I know every state has been kind of hit a little bit differently in, in terms of restrictions or mandates or things like things like that. I mean, given that the space that you guys operate in is, you know, kind of at its core distancing yourself from from people. Have you noticed uh, sales have kind of gone up or have they kind of like with the rest of the economy kind of slowed down or how has that kind of impacted you guys? In that's a good question. I guess it's hard for us. We don't have a long track record. So we have last year's sales and this year's sales. And I would say we're on track for double the sales this year from last. But that's, a, I think, more of a, a fact of that we've done more giveaways and gotten more more folks interested in our, our store. But we saw our best month this year, I guess, was July. But our, our second best month was actually in March. It, we had a tremendous run on products in March, and everybody across the industry saw that. So even companies like Mountain House were selling out of food. Um, and lead times for us, I guess, to get products in jump, they went from people shipping products the day after you asked them to, to having three to four to five week lead times. Everybody made a run on products in March and I was doing a lot of sales to people out in Seattle because the pandemic was hitting hard out in Washington at that point. So we, we sold out of all of our main product lines in March and, and, uh, it's it's been a crazy a crazy year for everybody yeah yeah that's for sure um yeah I, I, with anything you know food or essential product related has got to be a kind of a roller coaster um being in the mix of it to try to keep inventory levels where you are to you know and obviously in order to help grow your business you've got to keep your inventory levels i mean if people you got to have stuff for people to buy right and and that's i can see you know you're you're at the mercy of you know, the brands that you're carrying. So I think that, you know, being able to um, develop your own products is going to be something that, you know, God forbid we see this again in the future that you can kind of help, you know, uh, you know, lower the the curve or, you know, kind of not have to deal with that as much. Absolutely. That's, that's been a big goal of ours. I think we knew in the back of our minds, I guess, if we were really going to make this into a business, we would have to offer our own products and that way we're able to go to trade shows and work with people. If we're just an online retailer, that's all we can ever be. We can't, some trade shows won't even let you in because you're representing all these brands and they don't like that. They want you to represent your brand, the singular brand. And, and we'll be able to get our products hopefully into stores nationwide over time. And we'll just be able to get it in front of that many more people. I think a lot of people, uh, get to the point where they're going on a trip and they think, oh, no, I don't have any food. So they run down to their sporting goods store or Amazon or whatever and grab things as quick as they can. And so having our product out there and all these different uh, on Amazon and all these other point of sale places will be brick and mortar stores will be crucial. Yeah. And you guys definitely have the name for it. I mean, it's it's a very cool name, you know, Elp and Fuel. I mean, it, it's kind of it's exactly what uh, what you think about when you think about backcountry, you know, meals and stuff like that. I mean, you're you're in the Alpine and it's fuel, right? Like it's a it's a very good name, and, and and I like that. Yeah, thanks. It was it was as hard to name the company as it was to name our children. It, <laughs> it's naming anything is a problem. There, I guess, a quick shout out to a local Bozeman fly reel company called Alpen Reels. They're the only other brand that's really using that. Um, and so that even brought the word to my awareness and, and, uh, we wanted to be a, a unique brand name that really exemplified the mountains like you're talking about. Yeah. Now, I, we haven't touched on it yet. So where can, um, people, what, what is your website? Where can people find you, you know, the different products that you guys offer and, and hopefully soon your own products? Everything that we have is at our main website, alpenfuel.com, A-L-P-E-N-F-U-E-L. Dot com, and then we have 
um, social media. We're on Twitter and Facebook and Instagram. So I guess if you want to see, I need to work on a few more, <laughs> more tweets for, for our Instagram account. <laughs> yeah, because those are, I, I like that it's, you know, a lot of it is very tongue in cheek. And, and like I said earlier, I mean, that's kind of my, my sense of humor. And it also, I think there's so many people, especially kind of in the outdoor industry that take themselves so seriously with everything and you kind of poke fun at that a little bit. So I, I, I really appreciate that. Yeah. Thank you. Yeah. Everyone takes themselves too seriously. In my opinion, it's not, uh, <laughs> it's more fun than it. it yeah. I hear you. Yeah. We're, we're doing something. Yeah. That's, you know, in nature is, or, you know, is in its nature. It, it's, it's something fun. It's something that you should enjoy. And, and yeah, that's, I think that's kind of the way you have to handle things. Right. And, well, memes are shared for a reason, right? Everybody loves that stuff. It's kind of the the Pinterest fails for my wife, things like that, where everybody has this vision of how their life's going to be and this perfect thing they're going to create, and then it just turns out the opposite of that. That's <laughs> that's life, right? So yeah, absolutely. Have fun with it. Yeah. Well, Sean, I really appreciate you taking some time to to sit down with me today and, and telling you know the listeners about Alpen Fuel and you know kind of how you guys came to be and and you know what's in store for the future. Uh, I'm excited to see you know these new offerings that you guys have that are going to be your own Alpen Fuel brand and and look forward to giving them a try as well. Cool. Yeah. Thanks for having me on. And this our our story, I guess, and where we're headed that hasn't even been public knowledge until now. So you guys are the first to to hear about it and the listeners here. So. Uh, we're excited for what the future holds. Oh well, 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 that's awesome, and I appreciate you uh, giving us the opportunity to share it with uh, to share it with everyone and letting them know, you know, all the great things that are, uh, you know, in the uh, uh, in the uh, line to come on out. So, all right, all right. Well, take care of yourself, Sean, and uh, we'll talk to you soon, man. All right, thanks. All right, thanks a lot. All right. Well, a big thank you to Sean for joining me on the podcast today. Uh, I'd also like to thank our partners over at Stone Glacier. Be sure to check them out at StoneGlacier.com. We'd also like to thank our partners 2% for Conservation. And if you're interested in learning more about 2% for Conservation, you can visit their website, fishandwildlife.org. And over there, you can see all the different certified brands that have committed to conservation, uh, including Fuel, including Stone Glacier, that you should support when you shop for your gear or coffee or, or really anything under the sun. Uh, I also encourage you guys to give 2% a follow on social media where they post only uh, conservation uh, positive content. Uh, so you'll enjoy you know, everything that's coming out of their feeds. Uh, so again, if you'd like to learn more about 2% for conservation, you can look them up online on their social media or at fishandwildlife.org. Also, if you guys get a chance, be sure to check out my website, theaverageconservationist.com. Uh, be sure to pick up a hat or a t-shirt or a sweatshirt. And remember that 10% of all sales are going directly back to conservation. So thanks for tuning in, guys. Hope you enjoyed this week's episode. Stay safe out there. And remember that conservation starts with you.